You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christians who want to write their first book and then more so they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while at the same time leading their own families into financial freedom. I'm Mika Maples. Are you afraid of failure? Let's just stop and think about it for a minute. Who would you be if you weren't afraid of failure? Would you go for bigger goals? Would you show up everywhere you went from a place of confidence? Would you walk into the room different? Would you try something bold and never look back? Then it looks like the fear of failure may be what's stopping you from enjoying ridiculously good outcomes in your life. In this episode, I want to help you see failure in a whole new way. But first, an invitation. You are an anointed and appointed writer, and I am hosting a free five-day party in your honor. It's called First Book Fundamentals Week, and over the course of five days, I'll be helping new writers just like you take those early steps toward fulfilling God's calling on their lives. If you are a Christian woman with publishing goals, you won't want to miss it. I'll be teaching every day on the most important things you need to know as you build your writing career from the ground up. There will be fun giveaways, my favorite part, and question and answer time and chances for you to begin operating in your identity as a writer. So how do you join the party? Well, it's only available to those who are in my Facebook group called Write for Impact. So stop what you're doing right now, get on over to Facebook, and search for Nika Maples Write for Impact. One day, you just might look back and say that First Book Fundamentals Week was what got you started. We begin the last week in October. I can't wait to see you there. When my brother was a senior in high school, his football team wore a shirt that said, go big or go home. And that's the kind of mentality that made the biggest shift in my writing career. I wish I'd done it so much sooner. Are you ready to learn how to go big or go home? This is episode 90, Celebrating Failure. Something about failure in your past taught you that it's something you don't want. Maybe you don't want to share right now what that failure was, what felt like a really big failure. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was being fired from a job. Maybe it was not getting the project or promotion that you wanted. Maybe it was just messing up in some kind of way, and it made you think it was safer or better not to try at all. That failure was worse than trying. The definition of failure is the omission of an expected or required action. That's all it is. No one is necessarily gonna be harmed, hurt, or die because of a failure, it's just embarrassing. An omission, meaning that it's absent, 
some expectation, some action wasn't there. So I wonder if we could ask ourselves, was the expectation, was the action not there simply because we applied the wrong action? And then next time we could apply a different action. So see the place to focus in this definition of failure is on the action and on the omission of the action. Failure is just feedback that tells you, okay, this best action wasn't there this time. And so the right response to failure is to try again with a different action in place. This time it won't be omitted, it will be there. But instead, most people focus instead of on an action that could change in response to failure, they instead focus on the word expecting. And this is where most people stop expecting. They think, I'm afraid of failure. And if, if failure is, by definition, expecting something and then not happen, it not happening the way you thought, then the way to remedy failure is to just stop expecting. And then people say things like, I'm afraid of failure and they just don't try again. And what that leads to is a very bland life. You can have a life without failure. That's your choice. I think it's a good choice. I mean, a good um, refreshing thought to have. It's just like, you can actually have a life without failure if you want it. You can, but it's gonna be very bland but you can have that if you want. Don't try anything at all. Now, ask yourself if you really want a life without failure. Totally bland, never try anything because there's never an expectation. So remember that expectations bring a lot of positive things as well as negative things because sometimes when we expect something, we're disappointed if it doesn't happen. But sometimes when we expect something, we're delighted. And the delight and the disappointment have to balance in order to have a good life. But if we decide, I just will stop expecting altogether, then sure, we won't have disappointment, but we won't have delight either. So just stopping expecting is not the solution for failure. There's a difference between fact and fiction when it comes to your circumstances. A lot of times things that we think are a failure may not be a failure. For instance, when I, let's, since I like talking about books, let's talk about this book. When I wrote this book, <clears throat> Everyday Genesis, and it was published by a traditional publishing company, I had very high expectations for the number of books that it would sell. That expectation was not met because the publisher also had the same expectation that a lot of these books would sell. That expectation was not met. There was an omitted action. The selling did not happen. And so about five months ago, three months ago, the publisher contacted me right in the middle of COVID and they said, Nika, we're about to destroy the rest of the books. They haven't sold. There are 1,500 books left in the first printing that no one bought 
No, and no one's going to buy them. So we're going to destroy them. You have a choice now. If you want to buy them at the cheapest rate possible, we'll sell them to you, or we're just going to chip them. That would be what an author thinks of as a failure, is that a publishing house printed my books and they sat there in the warehouse so long that they weren't even worth the warehouse space and the publisher decided to chip them. And I could think of that as a failure, but there's a difference between fact and fiction. Is that a failure? Here's the fact. The publisher is choosing to sell me the books or destroy the books. That's the only fact. The fact is I sold less than a thousand copies of this book. That's a fact. If I choose to think of that as a failure, that's me writing a story about it in my head because somebody else may say, wow, are you, I, whereas I'm saying I sold 500 copies of this book. The rest of them are being destroyed. Somebody else would say, you sold 500 copies of your book? That's awesome. That's, that, I wish I could sell 500 copies of my book. I wish I could write a book and sell one. There are a ton of people I know who would say, I wish I could sell 500 copies of a book. So when you have a fact, I only sold 500 copies of the book, then the story I'm writing about it is fiction if somebody else would write a different story about it. It's provable in a court of law that I only sold 500 copies of this book. That's provable in a court of law. Is it provable in a court of law that that was a failure? No, because this person over here would say, I think that's awesome that you sold 500. So because we have two different stories about the same circumstance, we know that what we're writing in our head is fiction. So when you look at a situation of any kind, for instance, there was um, a conference that I went to. I had paid to go buy a ticket and go to this conference. Um, and then at the last minute, I decided after only attending one day of the three-day conference, I said, I just, I'm not staying for the rest of this. I don't feel like staying. I don't think this is right for me to stay. And I ended up leaving. So the fact was, Here's the only fact, I paid for a three-day conference, I stayed for only one day, and then I left. Now, I could think that is a failure, or I could think it is positive. You know what happened? Something very negative happened at that conference, I found out later, and I missed it. I totally missed it by leaving early. Instead of berating myself by saying, you're such a quitter, you only went to one day of a conference, you just quit and you left early, that's a failure. Instead, when I found out that something negative had happened at that conference that I wouldn't want have wanted to have been a part of, then I said, wow, isn't that great that I left early? Didn't even have to deal with that. Didn't even have to be a part of it. Then the same circumstance brought about two different stories. That's the fictional part. So when you're facing a disappointment, when you're facing what you would call a failure, you have to ask yourself, what are the bare bones facts that you could prove in a court of law? 
The, the bare bones fact of that situation was Nika paid for a conference that she only stayed one day for instead of all three. That's provable in a court of law. Whether it was good or bad, that's the story I was writing about it. So I want you to look at your latest failure and just pull out, just pull out the factual parts of it that could be proven in a court of law. And then ask yourself, would somebody else write a different story about this than I've been writing about it? Because if they would, then I'm making up a fiction about it. And that is not real failure. It's not real failure. If you're making up a story about it in your head that somebody else might write that it was a good thing. Here's the bottom line. Failure means what you make it mean. It's entirely up to you what you think about failure. Maybe you're saying, I don't get what you're saying, Nika. I don't get what you're saying. How could failure be up to me? Failure is failure. No, you control what you think about failure. If you are avoiding failure, you are avoiding something that you have control over. I know it sounds crazy, but again, you decide whether failure is a good thing or a bad thing. Get back to the facts of what happened and then say, what story am I writing about this in my head? Am I making up something fictitious about this event and making it mean something that it doesn't really mean? Failure is what you make it mean. And if you avoid failure, then you're avoiding something that you have control over because you can make it mean whatever you want it to mean. Here's what I think failure means. Failures are bricks in the stairs to success. I don't know if anyone still calls, still uses the term brick when they're talking about failure. But when I used to play basketball in high school, if I missed a basket, everyone on the team would say, oh, you bricked it, you bricked it. And um, if it, that's what we said when anyone missed a basket. And then, if, or they would holler out, brick, brick, if you missed the basket. And then we ended up talking about that with anything. If you messed something up in your life, you would say, oh, I bricked it. It was just, it didn't, it was not helpful. Well, because of that term, I think of it as, yeah, it's a brick. A failure is a brick. Some an omission of an expected action is just a brick in the staircase to my success. And each failure that I have is taking me higher. I wish I could tell you how many failures I've had in starting a business. There was this one crazy time when I decided I was going to make my own television show called English TV. I don't know if you can hear it. There's a loud noise out in the apartment hallway. Maybe you can't hear it. Um, that's what I'll just tell myself. <laughs> um, but years ago, I decided I was going to make my own television show called English TV. And it's going to be helping people like really, is it loud to y'all? <laughs> um, this would be an example of something that in the past, I would say this is a failure. Right during my live class, there's this crazy noise in the hallway. It's not a failure. It's just a break on the staircase to success. So anyway, um, that the, the, the English TV, y'all, huge failure. I went into debt. I, I took out a loan for that project. It was, I made not $1. It was a horrible, 
horrible mistake that I thought about and thought about for years. Like that was a big failure. And then I realized, wait a second, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't tried to make that show. So that show, as big of a failure as it was, ended up being a whole, not just one brick, but like a whole stair to get me higher to where I needed to go. It for sure taught me that I didn't need to be making a television show called English TV. And so that was a really good lesson to learn. Your mistakes and your failures are teaching you something important that will take you to the next level that you need in order to do the next thing you're called to do. God is using every single thing in your life to get you where he wants you to go. Those failures are part of it. So they're a good thing. They're teaching you the ways not to do things. They're teaching you who you really are in the face of disappointment. They're teaching you about how he'll be with you even when things don't go right. And the more failures you have, the higher you'll go in the journey to become like Christ along the way. Because the more you fail, the more you need him. Here are a couple of ways that I looked up how different people think of failure. Look at how J.K. Rowling thinks of failure. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. Man, I thought that was excellent. Who wants to fail by default? Not me. So you're going to fail either way. You're going to fail by trying not to fail and just living a totally bland life, or you're going to fail because you're trying things and those failures are positive. I'm telling you the way you can, failure means what you make it mean. This is what JK Rowling makes it mean. Let's look at another one. This is from Thomas Edison. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways it didn't work. And aren't we glad that he kept going? Aren't we glad that he kept going? I love my light bulbs. So I don't care how many times Thomas Edison failed. I only care about the time he succeeded. <laughs> Let's look at what Zig Ziglar thinks about failure. If you learn from defeat, you haven't really lost. Failure can mean what you make it mean. You get to decide if failure is going to keep you from things or if it's going to propel you forward. Here's one. I don't, I don't know who Robert Orban is, but this was my absolute favorite of the quotes I looked up. Don't think of it as failure. Think of it as time-released success. Ah, isn't that great? Time-released success. So that means like if you don't start, then you're delaying the release of your success. If you don't start failing today, you're delaying the eventual success that you could have. That one kind of aligns with my idea of failures are the bricks on the staircase to success. So really and truly, I'm saying it again, you can make failure mean anything you want it to mean. If I think that this failure means that I can't sell books and I need to stop selling books, then I never would have sold many more copies 
of when I wrote this one and many more copies when I wrote this one. I decided that this failure did not mean that I wasn't supposed to write. I decided that this failure just meant I'm on the right track. And whatever I did in this book, I'm gonna do it differently the next time or market it differently the next time or talk about it differently the next time or whatever. I decided that the expected action would be different the next time. This is supported by scripture. I'm not making it up. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. Each time he, the Lord, each time the Lord said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm able, and so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You ready for me to read this again with the word failure in it? And then you'll see how Paul decides to make failure mean what he wants it to mean or to make weakness mean what he wants it to mean. He chooses positivity when looking at his weakness. Let's switch the word to failure. Each time the Lord said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in failures. So now I'm glad to boast about my failures so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure and celebrate my failures. For when I fail, then I'm strong. Wait, wait. When you fail, then you're getting stronger. Paul said when he's weak, then he's strong. It's because of Christ in him. Look, look at failure and how failure makes you stronger. There's no one who would take a little toddler inside and say, you know what? You shouldn't be walking. You know why you shouldn't be walking? Because you fall down all the time. This little toddler, you can tell by the way he's walking right now, he's probably about to fall within three steps. <laughs> Don't you love that little toddler? That's why we, their whole identity is wrapped up in the idea of toddling, go, you know, swerving back and forth and getting ready to topple over. And we love it. And you know what? Physiologically, when the child pushes himself up again, uses a completely different set of muscles, that strengthens his hips, his back, his knees, all that he needs to walk. So it's the actual getting up after a fall that makes him strong enough to walk. If he just walked and never fell, he would not keep getting better. It's the falling and using his muscle groups to stand again that makes him strong enough to walk. If you don't know this, and maybe you don't because falling and getting up is automatic. Um, physically falling and getting up is automatic to you, perhaps. Then I can remind you as somebody who has a disability, I can walk just fine. It's when I fall and try to get back up. It's the getting back up that is a challenge for me physically. It's the same with us emotionally. When we fall, it's the getting back up that is such a strain, but it is going to make you stronger as you move forward. 
If failure makes you stronger, then isn't a failure just a form of working out? It's a workout. A failure is just a workout. You can look at your failure of like, oh, well, that was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a failure is uncomfortable, no doubt. But working out is uncomfortable. That's why people don't want to do it. So we, we say, <laughs> I don't want to work out and I don't want to fail either. It's the same principle because those times of discomfort make you stronger. So by the way, I just want to tell you, failure by not showing up doesn't count. That's just self-sabotage. So if you, I think you're going to know what I'm talking about when I say there are plenty of times when you think, oh, I failed at that. But the real, the, the real truth is that you didn't show up for it. I mean, it's one thing to put yourself out there and be hurt after you put yourself out there, but self-sabotage is never putting yourself out there. You can't call that a failure. It doesn't count. That's just not putting yourself out there. So for me, let me, let me tell you about a failure. I, I, the other day got this fancy idea that I was going to make an Instagram reel, um, to advertise my new t-shirt. And I didn't even put on the reel where to get the t-shirt. I didn't, I, and the one little thing that I put on the one little link and bio thing that I put on there was in the wrong place and it was under my name and you couldn't even see it. That's kind of like a failure because it was like, oh man, I went to all that work to make that little commercial and nobody even knows how to get a shirt. So I failed. Okay. That's a failure. That's something I can celebrate. I put the, I didn't tell him where to buy it. Next time I will. I omitted an action. I omitted an action. That's why it was a failure. I didn't tell them where to buy it. Or I put the little link in bio. I put that in the wrong place. I omitted an action. Next time I'll do it differently. That counts as a failure I can celebrate. But if I had never made the reel, if I had never made that little commercial recording about the t-shirt, mm-hmm. then that would have been self-sabotage. It wouldn't have counted as a failure I could celebrate. Normally I would have punished myself for that. I would have been like, you're so dumb. Everybody knows you got to tell somebody where to buy it. You're so dumb. Why wouldn't you put the, the link in bio part over here? Why would you put it in a different place? I have decided though, God gave me one job to take care of Nika Maples. I get to do it. I get to take care of Nika Maples. I get to be the voice that whispers in her ear. I get to be the one that picks food that goes in her mouth. I get to be the one that chooses what she puts on in the morning. I was given the care and responsibility for one tiny piece of God's creation in the history of all his creation. And that one tiny piece is called Nika Maples. I'm not going to mistreat Nika Maples anymore. I decided I'm just going to have her back. If I have anybody's back, I'm going to have Nika's back. So I'm not talking bad to Nika anymore. I'm not insulting her. I'm not turning away from her. I'm not being mean. I'm tired of being the mean girl to myself. And so I want to ask you, do you realize that you are responsible for one tiny piece of creation in the history of all God's creation and that tiny piece of creation that you were given responsibility for was you? And you're the one that gets to be the voice whispering in your ear. You get to be the one choosing what you eat. You get to be the one that puts on clothes. You get to be the one that makes all the choices for that tiny piece of creation. 
You make all the choices for that tiny piece of creation called you. And guess what? God thought you were the one for the job. He trusted you with it. He said, I believe you are the one who can do the best job at being you. And what we do is we decide we're no good at being us. That's the enemy in our ears. So instead, I'm saying, you know what, Nika, look at you. You forgot to advertise where to buy t-shirts. Next time you'll remember. Good job, girl. Next time you're going to remember. And I made another, oh, I spent three hours today trying to get a new camera to work. I wore myself out. And does it work? No, it does not work. I still cannot figure out the technology. And there would have been time in my life where I've been like three hours down the drain. It was really more like two. Uh, two hours down the drain when you were supposed to be doing this, this, and this. You've And then I would have been mad at myself, but I'm not going to be mean to myself. I'm not talking behind my own back. I'm just saying, look at you. You learned a whole bunch of things that didn't work in that two hours. A whole bunch of things to do that didn't work. And tomorrow when you try again, you won't do those things. Failure. That's good. I got three. I'm I'm doing good this month with failure. So let me ask you this. Are you afraid of failure because you're afraid of yourself? Because probably no one's making fun of you for failing except you. Probably no one is doing anything when you fail except you. You're the one that is being so mean when you fail. You're the one that's talking behind your back and and cutting yourself down and making yourself relive it over and over and over again. You are the meanie. So what if... You decided not to be that way anymore. Would you be afraid of failure if you were the nice guy? Because, you know, we've all met those people that you're like, I feel maybe, maybe it's a, you know, a family member. Maybe it's a good, comfortable friend where you're like, you know what? I could show up to their house in like raggedy old pajamas and ask them for help. And they would just love me. We, We all have at least someone in our life that's like that, where you're like, you know what? I could have the worst, whatever, a messy house and they would still come over and help me. If I were sick, I wouldn't have to worry. They love me for who I am. And you feel safe around that person. Mm-hmm. Why don't you feel safe around yourself? Why don't you just be that person to yourself? That's like, you know what? I love you if you're in ratty old pajamas. I love you if you make the same thing for dinner every night. I love you if you just eat cereal. For three day, three meals a day. I love you if your bathroom is messy. I love you if you never have enough gas in the car and you're always sitting on empty. I love you no matter what. If you tell yourself, I've got your back with unconditional love. Would you still be afraid of failure? So here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 19, 8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will, I have, will find. Something was over the word find. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. It's wise to love yourself. It's not selfish. It's not, it's not conceited. To love and take care of yourself is wise. 
So what would life be like if you had your own back? You'd be willing to fail more, more often. And because you were willing to fail more often, you would succeed more often. We all know about amazing baseball stories like Babe Ruth, who had the highest you know, number of home runs, but also the highest number of strikeouts. You really can't have one without the other. It's the attempts that make the difference. When I taught, um, when I taught fifth and sixth grade, it was really different from having taught high school for 10 years. Um, when I taught fifth and sixth grade, I found that they wanted to know in advance if they were going to succeed. So when I would give them a little writing assignment, they would take, they would just write one little thing and then walk up to my desk and say, is this right? I'm like, you did one problem. You've got 20 to go. Is this right? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you until you do the whole page. Is this right? And then they would say, I'm thinking of, of doing this. They, some of them wouldn't even make an answer on the page. They'd say, I'm thinking of doing this. Would this be right? And I'm like, I don't care if it's right or wrong. Just make an attempt. Make an attempt. I value making an attempt. So you waiting to know if it's right or wrong before you even try it, that's trying to avoid failure and you're not making an attempt. I would rather you as my students, just do your best, make an attempt. So I started telling them when they would come up to my desk, Miss Maples, Miss Maples, is this right? I'd go make an attempt. Miss Maples, I don't know how to do this, make an attempt. Miss Maples, I'm confused, make an attempt. Miss Maples, and I just was like, make an attempt, make an attempt, make an attempt. And so that's what I'm saying to you. Don't wait to find out if what you're about to do is the right thing. Just make an attempt. Don't sit there and spin out in confusion or waiting and waiting and waiting until you know what's best. Make an attempt. Make an attempt. Make an attempt. God values a faithful attempt. So here's your take-home assignment. Make a list or find another place where you can collect and celebrate failures. Tell yourself, good job, you got out there. You tried something, way to go. I want you to do that. Find a place where you yourself can treat yourself better by collecting your failures. Hey there, did you know that your vocation is what you're paid to do, but your calling is what you're made to do? If you're ready to step into your calling, let's go. God is advancing the kingdom through Christian books. He has given everyone a spiritual gift, and it may be that one way you can exercise your spiritual gift of prophecy, teaching, exhortation, service, giving, organization, or mercy is by writing a book that will bless other believers and go places that you cannot go yourself. If you don't know how to write a book, put yourself under the mentoring of an experienced Christian author who will pray for and guide you. Join the That's Keep me. Writing course, an all-in-one online experience that I've created to take you through the process of finishing, publishing, and marketing your amazing book. Inside, I offer step-by-step -step lessons and weekly biblical coaching live. Together, we'll solve any problem you face in the name of Jesus. There's simply nothing else like this anywhere. 
So if you're ready to join us, go to nikamaples.com and click on the Keep Writing course. Get started today.